0: Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 28. We have the angel's salutation to Mary and her silent response in verse 29. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favoured, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. This is not an ordinary salutation. This is not the usual Hebrew shalom, peace, or the usual the Lord be with thee greeting. Most conversations, as you know, in every culture start with a greeting of some kind. A kind of a good morning, a hello, how are you? This, however, is a little different. We know that by two things. We know that, first of all, by the words themselves, the words of the salutation, and we'll look at those in a moment, But we also know that this is not the usual salutation by Mary's response. And that I especially point out now in verse 29. The verse says, When she saw him, and she cast in her mind the manner of this salutation. So it's unusual to her. Notice how the description begins. She saw him. And what an amazing sight it must be to see a holy angel. There is no question she knew he was an angel. She knows that much in her mind. Angels are holy, and people know and sense that they are that. We don't know how the angel's dressed, it's not important to dress. If it was important, it would be mentioned. But the dress is not mentioned. All that is mentioned is all that this angel says. But when she saw him, it says there that she was troubled at his saying. At his saying. That's, that's very interesting. Because angels, as I said, whenever we read of responses to them in the rest of Scripture, there often is fear and terror just at the sight of them. They're so holy. They're so awesome. They have a radiation of a sense of otherworldliness. And they radiate that glory as those who come from heaven. And this angel in particular, he's the angel that stands in the presence of God. So he, he can't be one who does that and not be showing something of that in his appearance. So we are sure there's something awesome about the angel. And yet she's not troubled at the sight of him. It's not his appearance that disturbs her. It's what he says that disturbs her. It's the salutation. Mary undoubtedly sensed all that Zacharias sensed. And whenever Zacharias saw him, we read, he was troubled and he fell in fear before him and he hasn't even said anything the angel and now Mary is listening to a salutation she's not falling with fear and trembling but she's troubled as she casts this in her mind what he said I think that tells us of her purity Zacharias is an old man he's lived a full life he's seen plenty of sin plenty of disappointments Plenty of guilt, no doubt, on his conscience in different respects. But here's a young girl whose life has been pure. And a holy angel stands before her and she doesn't fear. There's not that terror and dread. But when he speaks these words, she's confounded by them. Troubled at his saying. The word troubled here is not the usual word for fear or terror as I said Mary is very godly and very holy and she doesn't seem to be filled with the terror and fear and dread that the case. was filled with but she's troubled at and literally it is troubled at the word of him that which come out of his mouth the word the salutation she's troubled at the word Remember how the Bible says that to this man I look, to him that is truly humble and who trembleth at my word. And that's Mary. That is Mary, this humble soul who's troubled at the word of his mouth that he speaks. The word troubled her. As it should trouble us all. As it should work something in our minds and hearts. We should never come to the word that we feel it. And that it does something within us. Trembling at his word. Now this salutation. It's only ten words in the Greek. I'm not sure what the English is. But it's only ten words in the Greek. The language, of course, of Galilee is Aramaic. We don't know how many would be in Aramaic. Maybe even a little less than that. But the word, that's just what is annoying her. Even though it's a short word initially, just ten words, it's long enough to trouble her, this salutation. Mary is a woman of the word. She listens carefully. She weighs everything up, especially when it comes from God. And especially when it's about the Lord. And she casts that word in her mind. Do you see that? She casts it in her mind. That verb. She's throwing it into her mind. She's throwing it into the depths of her thought life. Casting it in. As we saw this morning. A deep thinker. Casting it. As a a fisherman would cast the the hook down deep into the ocean. So she casts this ten word salutation down deep into her mind oh to do that with the word of God we can do that with the word of God because the word of God is a deep thing itself and even if it's only 10 words we can cast it deep down into our mind and she did that she kept the sayings. She, she pondered them in her heart we, we saw all of this this morning I tell you this Mary never let one word drop Not one. Everything was cast down into her mind. Every word of God. And we should be like her. That's how the Holy Spirit puts it. Cast it into her mind. That holy seed. Do you do that? Do I do that? What kind of things do we cast into her mind? Maybe it's not even the word at all. Maybe it's other things that we cast into our mind. Even what the devil would give us, little insinuations, little thoughts and suggestions. He brings his own words, and are those the things we're casting, casting into our mind? They'll never profit us. We mustn't allow ourselves to cast into our mind anything outside the word. But if we want to have peace and joy and be of the godliness of Mary, then we have to cast into our minds the word from heaven, the word of God. And so this is what she's doing. And do you cast the word into your mind as a good seed? Now, we don't have angelic visits. That is true, as Mary has here. The word angel means a messenger and he comes as a messenger and you don't have heavenly angelic visits but you do have a messenger who brings to you the word of God. He's no Gabriel, that's for sure. Nowhere near the same caliber but it's not about the messenger, is it? It's about the message. It's about the word of his mouth that he brings on to you. The word of God. Do we cast it into our minds? Or do we make fun of it and jest about it and have some wee dig about it? Do we take the word with reverence and cast it into our mind with deep spiritual contemplation? This is what Mary does. And this is what we all should do. To be taken up with the message, the salutation. And she's taken up with the manner of That is the the nature of it, the meaning of it. Uh, What is this, this kind of salutation about? What is he getting across to my soul? So Mary is consumed by what he says and not by him who says it. She's not taken up with the messenger. She's taken up with the message. And congregation, that's all I ask of you that you do not be taken up with the messenger, but that you always be taken up with the message, the word, the saying. Are we like that then? Does the word become all, the message become everything? Do we bury it in us? Do we contemplate it? Do we consider it? Does it change us? And this message, and he goes on to enlarge on the message, following the salutation uh, we know that it is a Christ-centered word. He's always talking about the Lord God as we said it's Christ only, Christ supremely, Christ chiefly the initial response then of Mary shows that this is no ordinary salutation even the salutation of this angel has authority has a message and she knows it's God's word So let us consider this salutation as the word of God. And bear in mind that the salutation is not just God speaking to Mary. We must ever keep that in mind. He's speaking to us too in this salutation. If it's in the Bible, it's for us. If it was only for Mary, it wouldn't be here in the Bible it would be utterly private it would never have been revealed it would just have been Mary's word but because it's in the Bible God reckons it's for us too the context of course always remains the same it's given to Mary but the angel knows we are listening yes Gabriel knows we are listening and if Gabriel doesn't know it when he speaks it God knows it And so I look at this. This is the way I look at it at least. God commanded Gabriel and said now go to Mary's house in Nazareth. Bring her my word Gabriel. And remember that while you visit there and the meeting is private and personal at this time. I want you to remember Gabriel. It won't always be. Because the whole church is going to listen to this. And if Gabriel knew that, that must have been very awesome to him. That not just Mary, but the whole body of Christ would listen to this one day. As we are this night. You see, God has put in the Jew, in the church, in Mary's house. I know it's 2,000 years ago, but he knew we would be here. He knew we would be listening in. Time's nothing to God. We think in terms of time, uh, in terms of linear. 2,000 years. But God doesn't think like that. He knows we're here. That we will be participating in this encounter. In his mind. So God is speaking to us as well. In this word. What you say Gabriel. Will be heard one day by all the church. And that's the way I look at scripture at the least Anyway. I participate in the event because it's in the Bible for my participation and yours too. So God's speaking to us tonight. There's no question about that. So take up your seat then and listen to the angel. The glad tidings that he brings as I said, there are only ten words. The central words are with thee. In verse 28. The Lord is with thee. Those two words in the Greek are the very central words with thee. They're the words to underline if you want to do some underlining. With thee. He's with thee. mary And he's with you tonight. As you listen to his word, he's with you. You should be listening. There are, in fact, four things stated. The first word, one word, hail. The next word, one word as well, in the Greek, thou that art highly favored. That's five English words, but that's only one Greek word. Highly favored. And then the third word, four words, the Lord is with thee. And then the final expression, four more words, blessed art thou among women. So these, these four phrases, these four expressions. The first word certainly is not to be passed over quickly or lightly. The Hebrews, as I said, are used to the word shalom. The first word among them is usually of of that kind. Amongst the Jews and amongst the Hebrews, shalom one to another. But when heaven comes down, heaven says to us, hail, hail. This is heaven's word of greeting. And that undoubtedly struck Mary. First word stick, you know. When you meet someone for the first time. What is heaven's first word to Mary? The first word she casts deep into her heart? The word hail. And what a word it is. It sums up all that the angel has to say. It sums up the nature of the message that he brings to her. As one of glad tidings. As one of good news. Now remember that Mary is about to become the mother of our Lord. Yes, our Lord. Our Lord and God and Saviour. She is about to become the mother of him. As he is incarnate and takes flesh among us. She is to bear the God-man. Her womb is unique. And everything in this salutation has that in mind when the angel speaks to her. Mary doesn't know that yet. What manner of salutation is this? But he knows the manner of the salutation it is. He's speaking to the mother of the Lord. I think when we look at Mary, we have to think of Eve. That's why I read Genesis chapter 3. There are many comparisons and contrasts between Eve and Mary. And I am convinced that Eve, though she brought the fall upon herself, she became a woman of faith. A woman of amazing faith. That she repented of her unbelief and became a woman of grace. But, But into all of that we cannot tonight go. Suffice to say she is Eve the mother of all living. That's a good title for a woman. Her womb is vital. Eve's womb is vital. Essential unto salvation Eve's womb because it's only in childbearing that a saviour can come to us And this Mary, then, is reminding us of of Eve. A fallen angel came to Eve, but to Mary, the angel from God's presence comes. And this is about reversing the fall, about reversing what Satan brought in through Eve. This is about the reversal of that. Heaven is allowing the angels to be part of it. And Satan came to Eve and he found unbelief and he made the woman fall. and Gabriel comes to Mary and he finds faith, and there comes salvation through her. When Satan had finished with Eve and God come to her, there is one word ringing in Eve's ear. It's a new word in the Bible. It wasn't used before the fall. It wasn't even known what it was before the fall. But God comes to her and he says, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow. That's the word that rings in her ear sorrow. The sorrow of sin, the sorrow of the fall. In sorrow. Shalt thou bring forth children? It's double, a double sorrow. It's not an ordinary sorrow. Thy sorrow shall be greatly multiplied. It'll be sorrow exceedingly. It'll be pain terrible. It'll be pain in bearing children, pain in rearing children. A multiplied sorrow. So in the ruined paradise, this is the word of heaven to a virgin's womb because Eve is a virgin as she's driven out of the garden. This is the word to the virgin leaving the garden who is to become the mother of all living. Sorrow. Sorrow. But now to this virgin womb, there's a new word. Hail. The word means joy. Heaven's joy. Heaven's hail. It's a greetings. It's not unusual among men in olden times. Some versions translate this word uh, greetings. The sense is be well, be happy. It's a verb. And it's put in the imperative form. And that there's no harm in translating it. Rejoice. Rejoice. It's good news. It's no more sorrow. It's no more sorrow greatly multiplied. But it's a new word at the womb of the virgin. It's the word rejoice. It's the word that Christ loved to use. It's a word that the Apostle Paul loved to use. Particularly in his epistle to the Philippians. He uses it some ten times. You remember he says rejoice in the Lord. And again I say rejoice. It's the same word. That's heaven's word to Mary and to us. Heaven and grace through Christ has brought a new word to us sinners. It has turned sorrow into rejoicing. Isaiah has predicted it and now it is being fulfilled in the incarnation and birth of Jesus Christ. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow shall flee away. It's happening now. Hail, rejoice. This is the beginning of its departure. Christ is coming, Mary. The gospel is coming. The good news is arriving. Heaven's hail to mankind. It is not that Mary is the source of that joy. No, Christ is the source of that joy. But Mary is the one who is to experience it. As we also should who believe in him. Nine months later, it's far more public, of course, and all the angels appear and they're singing. And the angel is giving the message, I bring you glad tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And you know, the angels sing and they sing of this joy, this peace. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. It's a message of joy. Did Mary have pain bursts then when she bore Christ? We're not sure. But certainly in her soul she has joy. Not that Mary's difficulties in life are over. She will know pain and sorrow, especially at the cross. Every nail into the hand and the feet and the body of Jesus Christ enters into her heart. Of that we are sure. But she has gladness too. In her Lord. Are you rejoicing Christian? You ought to be. So rejoice. Child of God. We have a saviour. We have one who died for us. Who come for us. Who is risen for us. Who is at the right hand of God. Ever living for us. To bring us into glory. Our redeemer. Let us rejoice in him. Let us not allow the devil. To rob us of our, our joy in Christ. Our joy in believing in him. And trusting in him. And so let us. Obey this call. Hail. Rejoice. This is no empty greeting. This is no empty hail, a meaningless thing. No, it's, it's so true. That's the best thing about it. It's so true. How can it be true? Can it really be true? Yes. Because he doesn't only say hail. He adds to it three things. It's like a stool and he gives it three legs. Sit on this and rejoice. It's founded on three legs. The first leg is, thou art highly favoured. The second leg is, the Lord is with thee. And the third leg is, blessed art thou among women. Upon those legs ye can sit and have a joy unspeakable and full of glory. And so can we too, brethren and sisters. All of these things are true of Mary. Now, Jerome's Latin Vulgate, it renders highly favored, full of grace. And of course, the sense of that has been abused, we know somewhat in church history. But she is full of grace. And not to dispose of and give to us, but for herself. The grace of God. The grace of God has reached you, Mary. The grace of God has come to you. The grace of God enfolds you. The Lord loves you. The Lord has pity and mercy on you. You're one of his favorite, the favorite of heaven. The favorite of the Lord. He loves you, Mary. Highly loved. Highly the sense is that she's accepted it is translated in another place accepted in the beloved highly favored you're accepted Mary wouldn't that cause you joy to know that the Lord accepts you that the Lord receives you that the Lord just loves you that he, as it were, has his kindness towards you. How that would make you joyful to know that. And we who are the people of God do know this. That in love he gave us his Son. In love he gave us the Gospel. In love, and his grace, he drew us to himself. With Mary we are all highly favored who know Christ. By grace we are saved. Accepted in the beloved. So it's not only true of Mary, you see. It's true of all of us that are the people of God. Justified by grace. And anything that we have of godliness, it's through grace. But not only does she have the grace of God, she has the presence of God. The Lord is with you. Didn't I say at the start of the series, you know, Gabriel's not coming here alone. God's with him. He's invisible, but Gabriel can see him. The Lord's with you, Mary. It's not just me. I'm just the mouthpiece of God. But the Lord himself is, is with you. He's standing by you. He's made you to be a woman of prayer. He's made you to be a believer. He's made you to be pure. He surrounds you. God the Father is here. And the Holy Spirit is here too because he says the Holy Spirit shall overshadow you. And the Son of God is here too because he is in a few moments to join to himself the human nature From the substance of her womb. God is present with you. Mary. And so he is. The Emmanuel presence. God with us. You have Emmanuel. You have the Lord with you Mary. Rejoice. Hail. She casts in her mind. What manner of salutation this is. What can it all mean? Gabriel knows what it means. You're blessed. And that's the third thing. God has His blessing upon you. You're blessed among women. She's not the only one blessed, praise God. But among a great multitude of others, she is blessed too. She is blessed, especially blessed, abundantly blessed. Blessed with God's grace, blessed with God's favor, blessed with God's presence, blessed with answers to prayer for this very moment in her house, blessed with God's word that's coming out of the mouth of this messenger. She's so blessed. She has all of this as you do too this night, brethren and sisters. You're blessed. You're so blessed. Don't despise your blessing. Of course, Mary has this all in a unique way. She is to be the mother of the Lord. And she is such by this marvelous grace and through this marvelous blessing. But all of these things are true of us too who believe in Christ. And so, child of God, I want want you to, to know that you should be rejoicing. I know there are a lot of problems. I know your heart's pierced. At the cross. As Mary's will be one day. But you have Christ. You have the Lord. Accepted. That's the word. Paul uses this word. Of the angel. You're accepted. Highly favored. Accepted in the beloved. Oh you have accepted rejoice you can come to your heavenly father and pray to him in christ's name whatever the trials in life rejoice and again i say rejoice in the lord accept it and you have his presence i'm with you always i never leave you nor forsake you rejoice i'm with you always even unto the end of the age rejoice We have his presence. We have his presence in his house. We have his presence in our life. And we have the blessings. You're blessed among women, And we also are blessed with all spiritual blessings, Paul says, in heavenly places in Christ. Blessed. All spiritual blessings in Christ. So rejoice. Rejoice with Mary. We don't rejoice because of her. We don't rejoice from the grace that flows from her. No. Of course not. But with her we stand in the communion of the saints and together we rejoice in the grace that comes to us all through our Lord Jesus Christ. We rejoice in that. As Paul said in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord, and in the Lord alone, unto him be all glory. Amen.